Timberg here with the Above180.com podcast. This week, I catch up with Steve Klemkin. Steve is the vice president of Storm Marketing. Steve is also my co-host on the Above180.com Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast. So me and Steve sit down and chat with collegiate players, coaches, and people associated in college bowling. But now I wanted to chat with Steve when he puts on his daily hat at Storm as the vice president of marketing there and talk to Steve about the USBC Open Championships, some of the equipment that we should be taking out there out of the Storm and Roto Grip lineups, how to build our six-ball arsenal using those two uh companies. Steve also shares some of his tips regarding South Point and what he thinks works well in that building, really no matter what pattern they put out, if it's a medium to short. So check that all out coming up next on the Above180.com podcast. Hi, I'm Lindsay Boomershine, brand manager of High 5 Gear. H5G has thousands of designs to choose from and no hidden artwork fees. How awesome is that? Have your jersey tell your story. Order online at www.high the number five gear.com today add h5g into your wardrobe and show off your individuality use code above 180 at checkout for twenty dollars off any h5g style order today and enjoy high five gear.com hey bowlers bowling this month is back bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers pro shop operators and professional coaches from independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com for less than the price of a cup of coffee per month you can have online access to bowling this month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game Bowling this month is so confident you'll be satisfied. They're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Hi, this is Norm Duke. You're listening to Above180.com with Tim Berg. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me on the Above180.com podcast is Steve Klempkin. Steve has two USBC Open Championship titles. He's a member of the USBC Hall of Fame and a two-time member of Team USA. And you may have heard Steve say on our podcast that we do those Collegiate Spotlight podcasts that Steve also bowled at Wichita State University. So, Steve, it's, uh, it's great to have you on here. Thanks for joining me on an Above180.com podcast. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, all right, Steve. As many folks know, we we co-host the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast, and um, and so I thought I would get you on just a few minutes, chat about the USBC Open Championships, South Point a little bit, Vegas coming up here, getting someone on to discuss the different equipment from each of the companies. So let's talk about what's in that Storm and Roto Grip line that would work, or what what you're hearing from the folks on the ground there in Vegas. And stuff that'll that'll work, and let's let's try to keep. I'm trying to keep it simple to a six ball arsenal, so we don't expand too too far for folks. But what in that six ball uh, range do you think would be a good uh, storm roto grip lineup for folks? Yeah, no, great question, and uh, you know that is really a reasonable amount. Uh, six bowling balls, you can you can cover a, a nice wide array of ball reactions. You know, the number one ball you have to have in your bag is going to be your spare ball, um, and uh, most people, with the exception of like a Norm Duke, for example. Um, do benefit from having a, a, a urethane or plastic ball as their dedicated spare ball. They're going to make more spares if they do that. Um, another option that you really do need to consider is a urethane possibility. You know, a pitch black or a fever pitch, for example, 
Um, a lot of times if you're either a higher rev player or, you know, what we've seen a lot in the past as far as the team event goes is that it's a little bit uh, shorter pattern and there's a little bit more friction down lane and not a lot of hold. Uh, and when that situation is present, then a lot of times you are going to benefit from a, a pitch black or some other kind of a controllable rolling urethane ball. I know the uh, hot cell, Rotogrip hot cell has been a good rolling ball in that venue as well, in, in addition to the to the pitch blacks and the fever pitches. So. Those two would, would really be a must. Now, if you're looking at expanding that six-ball arsenal into some reactives, you're going to have to look at what are some asymmetrical options and what are some symmetricals. And for me, when I'm looking at building an arsenal, um, I always want to make sure I have at least one high-end asymmetrical. Um, a lot of times that may come into play for singles and doubles where there's typically a little bit more oil or maybe the pattern's a little bit longer. Uh, but a, a, a Crux Prime is, is a real good choice. I actually used a a sanded uh, Crux Pearl last year in the singles and doubles uh, in Syracuse, and Dave and I ended up finishing, uh, David Haynes uh, ended up finishing in fourth place. We just missed uh, missed an eagle by four pins, so it was really, really close. And, and he actually used a Phase 2, and I switched to a Phase 2, which has been one of my main benchmark balls when I'm looking at something that's a good symmetrical, that's versatile, that I can use if lanes are either a little bit longer or a little bit shorter. Um, it also responds really well to changes in my axis rotation and in release. So those are good options. We have a new, maybe if you're speed dominant, maybe a, a, a supersonic is a good choice because that's a little bit higher end, stronger, more aggressive cover, um, maybe then as compared with what would be the phase two. Uh, but no matter what, you're also going to know that the lanes are going to be transitioning and they're going to be changing, and you're going to have to have a couple of balls that you can yeah, have a lot of confidence in being able to get the ball down the lane without having it pick up or react too soon. Uh, so that's why I would also make sure that you uh, have something in your arsenal uh, that would be more along the lines of a high road or a high road pearl, maybe a couple of different layouts. Also, um, a matchup is a, a really good ball. We have a couple of different surfaces uh, for something that would give you more stability and a later break point and confidence that you know you can get it down the lane uh, when you need to. So it's really just a matter of knowing your style as far as, you know, balancing out those other four of those six balls. You know, do you use two asymmetricals and two symmetricals or, or one and three? And then which ones do you have uh, as far as adjustments between the, the solids and the pearls and the hybrids and, and which ones are polished and surfaced? So uh, variety is the key, though. I guarantee you the one thing, Tim, you do not want to do is go down there when you have six balls and have two. And sometimes even I've seen people have three of basically the same ball. You know, if you have two or three uh, medium, low RG, high diff uh, symmetricals uh, with nearly the same surface prep and similar layouts, you're going to be wasting spots in your bag. So you've got to make sure you have balls in your in your arsenal that do different things and create different motions. Now, you mentioned the urethane. Uh, help, is that, though, I don't want to make say we can make the blanket statement, but what about the, the more rev challenge guy, the guy with the lower rev? Can they get away with the urethane even though if um, if they head up there as well or does because traditionally a lot of people think when they see people using urethane it's it's either the guys on TV that can you know really have a lot of hand in the ball but does that work as well for the lower rev players it, it definitely does you know and I think a lot of people get nervous um, you know the one of the things that we've benefited from reactives over the years is that we have a wider pocket right than we've ever had I mean we've had shots now where we come into play, you know, whether our rev rate's, you know, 250 or 300 or three and a quarter. And if we hit any part of the one three, we're used to seeing those pins fly around and, and slapping out the corners and all that stuff. So when you go to a urethane ball and you leave your, maybe you leave a five, seven in the pocket or you leave a weak 10, 
Um, a lot of times people get scared and they think, ah, I can't use that. That's only for Jason Belmonte or Jesper Svensson, you know, or Kyle Troop. These are the guys that, that use urethane and can throw those pins around. But really, if you get your game honed in and dialed into where you're playing just a little bit more flush in the pocket uh, and you don't, you know, rely on that really kind of that light pocket mixer that you get a lot of times with reactives, I can tell you I would much rather, especially in an open championships environment, um, go there with a ball and maybe the course of four frames I go strike flat 10 uh, double rather than throwing maybe the wrong ball and uh, in, in going strike uh, Greek church strike to a 10. You know, I mean, a lot of times in these conditions, you got to realize, are you trying to really get honed in on the pocket, making sure you hit that? If you leave something, make sure you leave something you can make. Um, if you're looking for a lot of room on the lane uh, to miss and still hit the pocket at the Open Championships, chances are you're going to be pretty disappointed. Also want to take this opportunity to mention a fine sponsor of the Above180.com podcast, your bowlingthismonth.com, bowling's best and most comprehensive technical resource all at your fingertips. Check that out as well if you're heading out to the Open Championships. Lots of great advice, lots of articles you can look at. Check out the ball reviews on your left-hand side. Also, the BTM tournament, Bowling This Month tournament, going on as well out in Vegas. That's a side event. A lot of people bowl that. It's a great event to bowl. I like to bowl it as much as I can. Again, all you need at your fingertips right there. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com. And High Five Gear is the only place you want to go for your dye-supplemented jerseys. H5GBrands.com is their website. Check them out. They're running a deal right now. Use promo code ABOVE180. That's ABOVE180. That will get you $20 off your order. So check them out. You can get your team shirts there. You're going to City, State, Nationals, any of that stuff. Check them out. So many styles, so many colors, so many options. No hidden artwork fees. The process is so easy to work through and and do, so they'll help you walk through that process. And uh, by all means, check out a podcast I did earlier this year with Lindsay Boomershine. She talks about the process as well and has some other great insight, but check everything out. That's h5gbrands.com using promo code ABOVE180 for $20 off. Steve, is there any other advice you maybe have for bowlers as we head out to the USBC Open Championships? Maybe some characteristics of South Point that you've noticed since you bowled some events out there, you know, from the Open Championships to the uh, PBA events and such. Anything that you have to share with our listeners that maybe could help them out down the road? Well, the one thing that I have seen um, a lot of the, the, the better players around uh, around me and when I've, when I've uh, competed in there and a couple of the, you know, Gary Mage, he runs some he runs some great regional events there in the PBA Western region. So I've been fortunate enough to bowl there a couple of times. Um, in general, uh, in that bowling center, when the oil pattern is is medium or even like a medium short distance, uh, urethane is definitely a good option. I really I saw that a lot uh, myself personally. Um, recently, there when we were bowling a couple of regional events, uh, so I think that's that's really a must. But one of the other things too that that I do notice uh, and I have seen the last several years. When you're bowling, uh, and this probably applies a little bit more to the singles and doubles, historically, we, we don't know what the patterns are going to be, of course. Um, they're not published, but uh, historically, in the singles and doubles, they typically play a little bit tighter. And a lot of times, what players will make the, the mistake of doing is they get a little bit afraid of, to the, of, of that, that outside of 10 kind of portion of the lane, and they sort of avoid it, and they move inside, you know, because it is tight, they move inside too quickly. We, when I was in Syracuse last year, um, I actually had the fortune of uh, the night before we had Lenny Borish's team uh, was there bowling. And uh, their team bowled great, as they always do, and in singles and doubles. Uh, Lenny was actually crossing at the end of singles, was crossing about 7-8 at the arrows. 
And that told me that, yeah, there's a lot of oil there, but if I get a bowling ball that has enough texture and enough surface on it, rolls up and reads the lane the right way, and I can keep my angles closed, I can maybe use that a little bit longer and play more to the right, even though they're tighter. You know, they have that rule of 31 that a lot of people go by, you know, say the oil pattern is, is 41 feet. You want your break point at, uh, uh, at 10, you know, it'd be 41 minus 31 gives you 10. So that's about where you want your break point to be. And that's fine, except a lot of times in the singles and doubles, you can really push that closer towards the gutter as long as you don't have your angles open too much. So as long as you can go straight enough, use a ball that picks up and rolls real heavy, rolls early, and doesn't create the big skid flip, go just the opposite. Go with a, then this is where a crux prime would come in, a very helpful and with a decent amount of surface and a decent amount of flare potential uh, to help that ball read up and, and pick up and read the mid lane earlier and then give you a, a, a much more uh, softer, controllable arc off the break point and uh, allow you to stay more to the outside so you have plenty of boards and, and oil left on the lane inside as you move in uh, throughout the end of doubles and into singles. Steve, when you, when you see your moves traditionally, is it smaller moves or is it bigger moves for the Open Championship and based on who you're bowling with and, and how things have been? Now, again, I say traditionally because it seems like once we, when we saw the patterns, we might be able to kind of telegraph our moves, which is we can debate if that's good or bad. But when you're there traditionally, is it big moves or just your normal, what someone might make, a two and two or a two and one or a two and zero? Yeah, I would say, you know, from the start of it, whether it's the, the start of the team event or the start of the doubles, I think the moves are a little bit, little bit smaller. You know, you're just making little one-board moves here and there, maybe adjusting your speed or your axis rotation. But once the, the lane starts to go a little bit, once you start getting a little bit later and there's more and more shots going down the lane, me, because I, you know, I grew up in, uh, in, in bowling in the 80s when we had much smaller moves throughout the whole night, um, I, I typically have not moved near enough when it comes time to move. So once you do start to feel that lane kind of sort of drying up and you're moving, you know, you're moving one, you're moving two and you're, you're battling going high and then flush and then high. And then you move just a little bit more. Yeah. Don't be afraid, uh, to make that bigger move. You know, they were even joking about it on the telecast, uh, that Chris Prather just won on the, uh, at the PBA world series of bowling that Kyle troops, you know, his standard move is, is two and one almost like every frame, you know, I mean, just literally just move two, move two, move two, move two, move two. And there's times when you have to make a, uh, uh, easily make a three and one or a four and two move. And just, you, you gotta be ready to go once that time comes, maybe not right from the start. Uh, but when that lane starts to dry up for singles, um, it's, there's many a times I've been, I've been caught, uh, with the moves being way too small um, as opposed to the opposite. And final question that I have for you, Steve, along those same lines, is it um, is it kind of a personal preference question, but nonetheless uh, a rule of thumb regarding stay in the same spot and just ball down per se, or maybe two ball down versus uh, moving left with the same piece? Is that, that on a case-by-case basis, in your opinion, at the Open Championships? Yeah, yeah, I do like the – I do like uh, the – if you go to a little bit less aggressive ball – and try and kind of stay in a part of the lane uh, a little bit longer. Uh, typically, that will give you some more room inside to move as you need to throughout the rest of the uh, event. So it really depends on how well that pair holds up uh, for you, which depends on you know all the people on your pair and rev rates and the balls they're they're choosing to use. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, you got to make sure that you're ready to to have that be another option as well. Because if you do if you do jump inside uh, too soon. Uh, too fast, 
you may benefit from it, you know, game one, game two, but come game three of the team event, for example, you may have nowhere else to go. And uh, you may have gained a lot of extra pins your first two games, but you've still got a full game to go and you might give it all back the third game. So you got to, you got to think long-term when you're doing that. But uh, you know, it's all part of the strategy and, and part of what makes bowling such a fantastic sport is because there's a, you know, there's sort of recommendations and advice, but um, every tournament's different, and you have to be ready to, uh, you know, take on those challenges with uh, with different approaches, and, and that's definitely a good strategy as well that that works from uh, works from time to time. All right, well, Steve Klemkin, thank you for all your insight and all the best of luck, Steve, when you head out to the Open Championships, and we'll catch up with you down the road and and uh, talk to you soon. Sounds terrific. Thanks, Tim.